Hello, friends. My name is Joe Irwin Bettner, and this is the Eyes on Oklahoma podcast. We appreciate you guys for making us a part of your day, for subscribing to the newsletter and subscribing to the podcast. If you're not already, head on over to eyesinoklahoma.com. We have all the links that where you can find to uh, get that newsletter sent straight to your inbox, as well as where you can find the podcast, which is it's pretty much on all major podcast platforms at this point. But if there's not one yet, just let me know. We'll get it on there. So with that said, I want to dive right in. It's been a uh, strangely kind of busy week for Oklahoma football. I, I should say it's the college football offseason, so it's uh, kind of a great time to focus on other aspects of the uh, of the sporting world. But college football is uh, pretty good at uh, finding a way to you know make sure it stays relevant within all all of our minds and they did that random Thursday in May. It's always, it's always a fun day in the college football off season where some random day we get the uh, kickoff time and TV uh, in, info for some of the bigger games of the season, which we will uh, get into a little bit, but on the Oklahoma side of things, it was actually a pretty, uh, pretty informative press release from the big 12 Oklahoma uh, getting kind of more uh, a clearer picture of at least five of its games. Uh, one in particular, obviously we are, we already knew about Texas, which was included on this press release. Uh, but we already knew Texas was going to be on ABC. They did not announce a kickoff time, but I think we can all kind of safely assume it's going to be at 11 AM. I would just, I would just assume that it's going to be at 11 AM. It's not going to be at night. We all know that we know the drill, uh, possibly two 30, uh, not really sure, uh, what, 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 what ESPN or ABC wants to do with that. Uh, but I do know that CBS is planning a pretty big uh, double header that starts in that 2.30 time slot that will lead in more than likely to Texas A&M at Alabama, which, if you're paying attention to college football right now, uh, is a very highly anticipated game, or at least is becoming one more and more by the day. So interesting to see what uh, what, what time that gets, because it you know it's been a, historically an 11 a.m. game for OU in Texas, uh, once again, October 8th, so... Nothing really new there. We all, or we already kind of, uh, were, you know, just kind of guessing that that'll be a noon kickoff. But, uh, one other scheduling thing with, uh, Oklahoma's October slate, uh, the last game of the month, Oklahoma was scheduled to go to Ames, Iowa on a Thursday night. That game has been moved to Saturday. OU and Iowa State will now play on uh, October 29th on either Fox or Fox Sports 1. Do not have a kickoff time for that. That'll be the either 12-day or 6-day uh, selection window. Uh, avoiding a Thursday night game in Ames, I think, is probably a win. I mean, even if they get a Saturday night game in Ames, could could still you know be a little bit problematic for Oklahoma. Uh, just as far as if that if this is a point in the year where Oklahoma is still undefeated, and I think they very well much could be, uh, despite you know uh, what what. People may or may not think about this Oklahoma football team, but this is still, uh, I think the potential is there for Oklahoma to have a really good season. And Thursday night in Ames just seems like a perfect place for an undefeated record uh, to just fizzle out and uh, Oklahoma to lose a, a weird game. Um, and so that will, uh, that, that has been avoided now. Oklahoma, once again, Fox or Fox Sports 1 will carry that. Would imagine if Oklahoma's in a good place as far as just like in the, in contention for a college football playoff spot or at least in the Big 12 title race, they will avoid a Fox Sports 1, uh, you know, designation. So we will see. But first three weeks of the season, we do have kickoff times for those games. Oklahoma starts a season on, or excuse me, September 3rd against UTEP, which will be a it won't be the regular night game to start off the year but 2:30 so Oklahoma at least avoiding that uh, that'll be 2:30 central on Fox um Oklahoma and UTEP which I think is um 
similar to what happened uh, a few years ago in Oklahoma up, opened up the season with UTEP. Uh, but yeah, that'll be a 2.30 kickoff to start off the Brent Venables era. Don't have any big thoughts about that. I mean, it's going to be hot regardless. They could have put that at any time other than, you know, if it was at night, would have been great, but just wasn't really expecting that game to be at night considering the following week will be the Kent State game, and that will be the designated ESPN Plus game, which will kick off at 6 p.m. And while we're just at it, OU in Nebraska, 11 a.m. on Fox. Who would have thought? Uh, so that'll be uh, fun to hear people complain about that. But I I don't know. 11 a.m. kickoffs don't really bother me uh, for, for, for road games especially. Um, and I don't know. Oklahoma, for, for Oklahoma to at least get, I guess, the – it's to balance it out because because they had to host Nebraska last season at 11 a.m. You know, I, I, I think it would have rubbed Oklahoma fans the wrong way a little bit if uh, Nebraska got the primetime kick, um, it, you know, for the return game. So I don't know. That's just me speculating. But to, uh, to just kind of talk about the, the games for a second. UTEP, as I mentioned, uh, a good spot for Oklahoma to, to get that game at 2.30. Um, that'll be – I mean, it's not a – it, not a great week one, uh, as far as the, uh, as, as far as just like some of the, the Big 12 goes, because when you look at the schedule, the Big 12 included, uh, a bunch of other games, uh, going on that, that week, but Thursday night, there's gonna be two Big 12 games, which will be Central Michigan at Oklahoma State, that'll be at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1, and then this is a really fun week one Thursday night game, West Virginia at Pitt, you might not think that's fun, but, I, I, you know, big rivalry game Thursday night to kick off the season. I just feel like you can't go wrong with that. Then Friday, you've got Kansas hosting Tennessee Tech at 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus. I don't know how many of you will be, you know, racing to, you know, bust out your credit cards, get that ESPN Plus subscription a week early. Uh, but that, that game will be there for you. The, the, the more fun game is TCU at Colorado, uh, at 9 p.m. on that Friday, September 2nd to, uh, to get week one going. But just kind of looking at the rest of the Big 12 schedule, I mean, look at this week one. Southeast Missouri State at Iowa State, UTEP at Oklahoma, Albany at Baylor, South Dakota at Kansas State, Louisiana Monroe at Texas, and Murray State at Texas Tech. That Louisiana Monroe at Texas game is probably the most interesting out of all of those, and it's still not even that interesting because it's on the Longhorn Network and it's at 7 p.m. I would imagine that Texas wins that game fairly, relatively easy. I, I don't know, man. That's a... That it's, that is an inter, interesting, um, interesting week one, um, for the Big 12 to, uh, to say the least. But, uh, we get into week two, which is not quite as interesting for Oklahoma, quite interesting for the rest of the league. And I, when I say interesting here, I do mean very positively. Uh, Oklahoma's kind of getting lost in the, in the shuffle a little bit because it'll be Kent State at Oklahoma. That'll be your ESPN Plus game. And thankfully, once again, September in Oklahoma. There, you know, the first few weeks can be brutally hot, brutally, brutally, brutally hot. Um, I do like the, uh, the branding though. They're, they are announcing that game as Sooner Vision on ESPN Plus. I would imagine there's going to be a lot of OU branding, um, anytime that yes, they are on the ESPN Plus platform, probably using a lot of the same people, uh, that you would come to expect from the Bally Sports, Fox Sports kind of programming. So that's kind of cool to see, but. On the other side of it, that game is like, I mean, looking at the rest of the, uh, of the Big 12 schedule that weekend, you've got Alabama, Texas, which biggest game of the weekend, and that'll be at 11 a.m. on Fox, which we all kind of guessed after that was announced to be on Fox. Uh, but you're also getting Missouri at Kansas State, Houston at Texas Tech, Iowa State at Iowa, 
Um, Kansas at West Virginia, if you consider that an interesting game. Arizona State at Oklahoma State, and then Baylor at BYU, and I forgot to mention Tarleton State at TCU, but ESPN Plus game. Don't think really anyone will really care too much about that one outside of uh, TCU and Tarleton State fans, but really good week two slate. Big 12 has put together uh, a pretty good, pretty good uh, group of games for that week two. Oklahoma takes a little bit of the spotlight in week three because this is kind of where a lot of the other teams uh, in the Big 12 are kind of taking uh, a little bit easier games. Now there is Texas Tech at NC State and then UTSA at Texas, which I think both could be fairly um, fairly competitive games. I mean, I think UTSA coming off of one of their best seasons and then NC State is a presumed ACC title contender. So we'll, we will see if the Joey McGuire era can kind of get going quick and uh, as they go out to uh, NC State. But obviously the big game that weekend being Oklahoma, Nebraska. And as I kind of already said, I, I don't mind the 11 a.m. kickoff. Um, it's, it's not that big of a deal to me, especially road games. I don't think it matters nearly as much because a, if you're looking at this through an Oklahoma perspective, you know, to balance out the fact that, you know, both games, OU and Nebraska, you know, the game in Norman game in Lincoln, you know, one team's not really getting a, you know, I guess an unfair advantage of having the night game. Uh, but also 11 a.m. games just don't really matter on the road. I think for a lot of teams, because I mean, like you're not, it's not a recruiting weekend. It's just easier to kind of get in and out and it's going to be the first game of the day. So can't really complain. Big noon kickoff will be there. A lot of uh, fanfare should be around that one and would have been around that game regardless if, uh, if big noon kickoff was there. So yeah, just to recap Oklahoma uh, and this slate, I, I think it's a decent way to kind of get the year going as far as week one, September 3rd, hosting UTEP at two 30 on Fox following week, September 10th, they will get six, a 6 PM kick on ESPN plus against Kent state. And then the following week, September 7th, September 17th, that is a tongue twister. They will take on Nebraska 11 AM on Fox. And as mentioned at the top, Texas uh, will be an ABC game and then Iowa state moving to Saturday. And that'll be a Fox game. So interesting, uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, kind of looking, I'm looking now kind of more closely at the rest of the schedule just because curiosity um a few other games that they announced were thursday september 22nd west virginia really owning the thursday uh, t- uh you know prime time slot west virginia at virginia tech on september 22nd um west virginia again on october 13th baylor at west virginia that'll be an fs1 game uh we will be getting a friday uh friday game black friday game between baylor and texas that'll be november 25th and then they also announced that West Virginia at Oklahoma State on Thanksgiving weekend, there'll be a Saturday, uh, will be on an ESPN platform for whatever reason. So you have that information now. Um, a few other things as far as like OU football goes. Thursday, we learned that walk-on quarterback Ben Harris, the former Carl Albert high school product uh, out of Midwest City, Oklahoma, Walk-on QB uh, will be transferring, hitting the transfer portal um, this offseason, which not a huge surprise, just the way that Oklahoma has been very aggressive and kind of reloading that room is probably the best way to put it uh, since, uh, you know, the departures of uh, one Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler um, getting a little crowded with Dylan Gabriel, obviously, uh, General Booty, uh, of course, and then uh, Davis Beville, uh, the pit transfer. So uh, getting a, getting a little bit crowded. Don't blame Ben Harris for trying to find a place. And I think that, it, that, that you know, I think he went to Oklahoma at a time, obviously, when, when Lincoln Riley was still there, probably looking to uh, pick up a few things. 
um, and, you know, eventually transfer out uh, at a place that uh, would be able to uh, use him more. And I, I think he's got a really good shot, honestly, of going to a group of five, you know, power five program, maybe a, maybe a lower, pro, you know, power five program is really good high school quarterback and just, you know, being at Oklahoma for a few years. It's not a bad thing, uh, for a quarterback to go through. So he is in the transfer portal. Not a, not a huge, uh, I think a bit of concern probably from, uh, from OU. Um, if that happened, probably a little bit expected, but, you know, best of luck to, to Ben Harris and then Daryl Simpson, um, who, uh, was a former four-star offensive lineman who came to Oklahoma in 2018. Just never really caught on as far as just, you know, getting on the field. Uh, played in one game last season, which was the Western Carolina game. So Daryl Simpson, uh, that, that's not a huge hit to the offensive line room. That's no disrespect to Daryl Simpson. Just, uh, he has, uh, not quite panned out. I don't think that the coaching staff probably anticipated. And, uh, he will be looking for another opportunity as he has two years of eligibility remaining. So, uh, those two names, uh, you can, uh, expect to see making announcements soon to, uh, their, their next destinations. Um, on a little bit to touch on a little bit of recruiting as well. Um, just because there, there has been some movement as far as, uh, uh, portal recruiting goes. Um, Oklahoma lost a 2023 commitment, Ashton Cozart, um, who is a really talented receiver out of Texas, super quick, super athletic, um, provided, um, w- would provide Oklahoma with a really, really good option. But, uh, last week it was, uh, starting to develop that he was going to take a visit to Oregon and perhaps test how strict Brent Venable's no visit policy for, you know, vi- uh, for, for committed players really is. And Brent Venable's never really had to, uh, I guess, rescind the offer or, you know, do anything of like, uh, of that nature. Uh, Ashton Cozart, uh, eventually announces on, I believe it was Sunday night that he announced that he was going to be flipping, uh, to Oregon after taking a visit to Oregon last weekend. So not, you know, not, a, not, not ever, not ever something your coaching staff wants to deal with with losing a commit. But I think that when you think about the nuance of how receivers are kind of, uh, I guess the, the, the receiver economy is kind of changing, especially with the transfer portal. Um, guys are just, you know, it's, you're not going to see guys stick around, um, for that long if they don't feel like that they, you know, can't crack the rotation. And, um, that has been, I think, a little bit of a, a positive, um, for a lot of programs. And there's obviously, you know, look at Jordan Addison situation. There, there are guys that aren't just leaving just because they don't, you know, they're not getting enough playing time. Jordan Addison was the Blitnikoff winner last season and now is headed to Southern Cal, but there is no shortage of receivers that are also trying to, you know, in the middle of that kind of category that are trying to move their way up, go to programs where they can get more exposure. And it's helped out Oklahoma this off season, uh, landing a few, uh, receivers, especially ones a- a- as young as they are. Um, and the, the guys I'm referencing are JV and Hester, the Missouri transfer who, who announced, I believe a few weeks ago. And then LV Bunkley Shelton, um, who transfers in from Arizona state, JV and Hester, by the way, uh, Missouri transfer. And, uh, yeah, LV, uh, LV Bunkley Shelton want to make sure I was saying that correctly, uh, announced that he's, uh, also coming to Oklahoma. So, but yeah, those are two guys that Oklahoma will bring in. And I think that, you know, the way that the kind of the receiver recruiting is changing is that 
you can kind of look around at the transfer portal and probably see names that uh, might have not, if the transfer portal would have existed maybe 20 years ago, might have not been there. Guys just looking to get more exposure, get to bigger programs, um, whether or not they're already producing at the program they're at. Uh, so it's uh, just a changing time for, for receiver recruiting. Um, Oklahoma's doing a, a fine job even despite losing Ashton Cozart, which I, you know, once again, I, I don't want to downplay. I think he would have been a great addition to Oklahoma's roster, but it's, it's not the end of the world. Oklahoma's going to do just fine recovering. In my opinion, I think Jeff Levy has pretty much shown that at every stop he's been at. Can't really imagine that changing with an Oklahoma logo on his chest. So to move on away from football a little bit, because there is a pretty important softball series uh, coming to Norman this weekend, Oklahoma hosting Central Florida in the Super Regionals, which gets its start at 3.30 on Friday. And we'll go into Saturday for game two, uh, which will be a 1 p.m. first pitch, and then a Sunday, if necessary, game, um, game three. So... Just to take a quick preview uh, of the series coming up for Oklahoma, UCF coming to town and will be a future Big 12 school, but uh, before they get into the Big 12, they've had a really successful softball season, 49-12 and 12 on the year. They've, uh, they have won seven straight games heading into the Super Regional round, won, their, won the American Athletic Conference Tournament, and then they get into regional play where they're actually hosting and knock off a, uh, a ranked Michigan team. So UCF comes in here with a little bit of uh, experience, you know, playing. Uh, you know, uh, high, you know, you know, quality competition. I still think, for the most part, this is a this is a series that Oklahoma should take in two games. The way that they're playing right now, and you know, you can look to, to Saturday how they get played against Texas A and M. You know, if they trip up, I guess in, in game one against UCF. One of the things you constantly hear when when talking to the two teams that have to play Oklahoma is just how great they are at adjusting. And I think that Oklahoma really showed that this past weekend with how they took care of Texas A&M, winning 3-2 on Saturday in that regional semifinal matchup, and then beating them again in the final 20. Uh, yeah, 20. I, I stopped myself for a second because it didn't sound right, but 20-0 to zero in five innings, uh, just a, a, a crazy um, crazy, crazy game that, uh, that broke out in Norman on Sunday. But, uh, UCF, once again, it's, it's a winnable series and you might be wondering, do they need Jordy Ball for this? And, uh, Jordy Ball, the, the star freshman pitcher for Oklahoma, still unclear if she's going to play this weekend. It's seeming more and more positive that if Oklahoma were to advance to the Women's College World Series, that Jordy Ball more than likely would be available for it. Uh, just the way that Patty Gasso has kind of talked about that. And um, here's what, uh, Patty Gasso had to say during a two or excuse me a Wednesday uh, Zoom press conference with reporters. Well, the good news is Jordy's been throwing a little bit in the bullpen, and we're very optimistic about. I don't know exactly when, but we're optimistic she's going to be able to help this team. She is a competitor. She's extremely frustrated. She wants to get back where she was right now, and it's. It's not the right way to do it. So we've got to get her to listen to what the doctor is saying, listen to what the trainer and the coach coaches are saying, and just be patient. That's what it's going to take. But if she, her attitude is, I want to go 100% right now, and we're not able to do that at this moment. But she's working towards that, and that is uh, better news than I thought that I would have going forward so we're we're excited so as you can tell um they're the 
positive, the, the, there's a lot of positive vibes around, uh, the eventual return of Jordy Ball, um, throwing a little bit in the bullpen, as Patty Gasso said. I don't know if she's going to play this weekend. Uh, everything I've been told is pretty much that they, they're optimistic and she, and Patty Gasso echoed that sentiment on, on Wednesday with how they feel about, uh, where, where Jordy Ball is. And she currently is, you know, been, been with the team. She has been in the dugout for, for all of Oklahoma's games and, you know, done all the, you know, the supportive teammate things, wearing a soft cast and, you know, kind of wondering, you know, how serious this injury is because at first it was arm soreness. Uh, Patty Gasso then went on the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast and said, um, it, it looks like a bit of a kind of alluded, alluded to it being a forearm fracture because she, uh, spoke apparently with Jenny Finch, um, who suffered a similar type injury. So do with that with what you may. Um, Oklahoma, possibly could be without Jordy Ball again this weekend. I don't think it necessarily matters as much when you've got someone like Hope Trotwine and a Nicole May who are throwing as well as they are, getting a lot of confidence, I'm sure, from this past weekend of being able to shut down, you know, a team like Texas A&M. But as, as great as a season Oklahoma's had, they, they've been challenged in some spots. I think this UCF team um, is a talented group, and they, they proved that by knocking off Michigan. Uh, I wanted to play one more clip from Patty Gasso's press conference because I think she just says it best uh, about what Oklahoma can expect uh, from this UCF team. They play a very tough schedule to their credit, and it has paid off for them. They've won some big games, and um, I'm not going to say they're under the radar because they're not anymore. Um, They're playing, uh, I think they were playing for the championship against Wichita State, who's a big hitting team. Um, They play some tight games, but they always seem to find a way to come through it, you know, and they played a good Michigan team. They were not intimidated. They were celebrating the opportunity to play at home. They deserved it. They earned it. And they used it, the opportunity very well. So um, they're good. They're Like I said, they're good. And in order to stop them offensively, we've got to be good on the mound. We've got to be really good on defense. We've got to be heads up and ready for anything. Um, offensively, their pitchers are outstanding and they've got more than a few that can do the job. So, uh, we've just got to stick with our game plan, continue to trust in the training that we're doing, um, allow the crowd to engage the way they normally do and, uh, really create what we feel is going to be a home field advantage. So once again, Oklahoma taking on UCF at 3.30 p.m. on uh, or Friday, probably today as you're listening to this, uh, if you're getting to it a little bit early and outdated probably a little bit, uh, if you're not getting into it uh, on, on Friday, May 27th. But yeah, that's a, that's a series that we'll be at. I, there's really not much more for me to say just as far as just, you know, we will be writing a ton about this super regional series that Oklahoma's about to partake in. So Important time to kind of get subscribed to the Eyes on Oklahoma newsletter um, and get that sent straight to your inbox. So each morning, uh, the day after uh, each of OU's games, you will have a fresh newsletter and you can uh, see all of the happenings, all of our coverage. Um, we're looking forward to being back out there as we were last weekend for regionals. So uh, it has been fun to follow this softball team as I'm sure it's been fun for all of you to kind of watch them through their journey. 
Uh, but with that, that wraps it up for today's podcast. We appreciate once again, all of you for tuning in and listening to the pod. And if you are not already subscribed, the eyes and Oklahoma podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. You can also watch it on YouTube. Uh, you can go to our YouTube channel eyes in Oklahoma and catch all of the podcasts there as well. Thank you guys for, for subscribing to the newsletter eyes in Oklahoma.com. If you're not already subscribed, it's free. You get a free Monday and Friday newsletter. Um, and as well as if you want to unlock some bonus content, you can pay five bucks a month or 50 bucks for the entire year. Until next week, y'all, my name is Joe Irwin Bettner, and we will catch you next time.